This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Julian Brass is an award-winning entrepreneur and the founder of Notable, which is a reputable media company based out of Canada. And last time I saw Julian was probably about five years ago. We were on the way to the Notable Awards in Vancouver, and he had called me up. He'd asked if I would mind doing this video with him for one of their sponsors, and I was supposed to drive him around in the car, and he was going to interview me. And I remember this like sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach because I am the worst driver when somebody is in the car with me. And it's only when someone's in the car with me. It's because I, I'm so focused on what they're saying that I like run red lights. I can't parallel park anymore. I'm going 20 miles an hour. I'm going way over the speed limit. It is a nightmare. So the idea of having to get into this car with this guy I didn't know to be filmed, having a conversation with him was like the ultimate anxiety inducing experience, but I did it anyways. And I had the opportunity to meet Julian, who is here today. And we are actually talking today on the podcast about anxiety and about how to own your anxiety. Julian has been on quite the journey since I saw him five years ago. He has since left Notable and his very prestigious role there and has become an advanced yoga instructor, a certified health coach. And he just released a new book based on his own experiences called Own Your Anxiety, which shares 99 ways that you can harness the power of anxiety to take it from something that is quite debilitating to something that's really facilitating. So I know a lot of you out there listening to this have experienced anxiety, know somebody who has anxiety. And today we're going to really flip your whole perception of it on its head. Julian, thank you so much for being here today to join me. I'm so happy to reconnect and hear about that awesome time we had while you took the keys and hopped in the driver's seat <laughs> and I rode shotgun because I remember it like it was yesterday. And I remember now laughing together about how like, you're really self-conscious when you drive. And I was just trying to like be nice and cool and calming and like not judgmental. <laughs> I remember this like it was yesterday now that you bring it up. Oh my God, you must have thought I was so ridiculous. And I know you were also putting on an event and you had a speaker coming and you asked me a question yeah. about the speaker. And I was like, oh my God, I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> and it was all around like just one of those experiences that is so funny. I had to take the chance, but also I was a fish out of water anyways. <laughs> you were a sport. You were good. You were good. Uh, so tell me what has been going on in your life since that car ride, because holy smokes, things have changed a bit. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked actually since that car ride for the not obvious reason, which is that was 2014. I remember that because it was a critical time in my life where the business I had built, uh, Notable, so 2008 is when I launched it. It was six years old and it was starting to really 
really flourish into a successful media company. And I'll never forget 2014 because it was in this sort of state of, wow, the business is, is making really good money and we are getting tons of partnerships and deals and notoriety. And like, it, it's, it's no longer just this like young little startup thingy that like I kind of came up with an idea for by myself. It's like now employing a whole lot of people. We have big name clients and it's a real business. And I remember right then in that same time frame that I came to meet you and picked you up in the car, I had made an unwritten contract with myself, which was, I feel unbalanced in life. At once I had bad anxiety, which I now have learned to own, and it's become my edge. In fact, I think it helped me build this business. But now I simply feel like there's got to be more. I'm making the money that I dreamt of as a kid, but I don't have the sense of meaning that I also have always wanted. And it's funny because I never spoke about it in 2014. I truly appreciate that I can have this conversation with you now and that you made me realize and reflect that it was right in that time when I said to myself, if I can get 2014 behind me and help execute these projects by myself or with this, the help of like one or two key staff members, but really be like on the ground doing it as well, then if things go well and I can restructure the business so that I'm not running everything day to day anymore, I'm going to take off for a while and I'm going to go and learn and I'm going to go and grow and I'm going to go and know what it means to truly live with meaning, purpose and balance. So you just reminded me of that, which is such a perfect mm. segue, I guess, for everything. I just want to dig into this for a second because Let's do it. I feel like there's a lot of people who are in a job or in a relationship or in a stage in life where they know they aren't aligned, where they're feeling the anxiety. But what you just said, okay, I'm going to like find a few people to take over and then I'm just going to go travel and, and learn. And that's a big step for a lot of people to take. That's not an easy step to take because we have all of these boundaries and restrictions that we've placed around ourselves and beliefs that we have about the job. And you've created this job that's paying you well. I mean, you're winning awards. You are like, I remember seeing you that day. You were suited. You were fit. You were like king of the world in regards to what society deems as a successful right. person. So how did you find the courage and confidence to just walk away from that? Go explore, do your yoga training. What did that process look like? You know, I believe that there's a lot more to life than money. And although at times I thought money was the be all end all in my heart of hearts, I believe there's more. And whenever I've lost myself in life, one of the things that has brought me back is to remember that what's the point of quote unquote making it in business if you're not healthy enough to enjoy the fruits of your labor? So, you know, being that like super stressed out, grossly overweight billionaire on the yacht is such a disgusting idea, I think, for anybody. But often we think, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to go and get that yacht. But it doesn't just happen without giving up a lot of yourself on the way. Because it's pretty hard to go and like build that, that like crazy fortune if you're not willing to sell a lot of your soul and a lot of your, your health and your wellness in the process. And to me, 
as business got really crazy going and, and just lots of action, lots of things happening, I just realized that I don't want this life of being that, that super, super, super wealthy person with no life, which I was starting to see a lot of my peers had. And I was starting to get invited into a lot of circles with people who are much older than me, who had done phenomenally well in business. And it just felt like they didn't have a grounded life. They didn't have that like sort of well-rounded lifestyle that I really sort of wanted and dreamt of. So I said to myself, like, if my path is co- sort of going into this, this thing that it's like all about money and what you're wearing, I don't really want that. So I've got to take a stand now, you know, while I'm still like able to, I've got to go and, and, and explore. Let's do this. Let me, let me put on my exploring shoes and lace them up and mm-hmm. I'm going to go. And yeah, it was a hard decision, but at the same time, it was, once I just said, I'm doing this, it was like clear. Everything was like just beautiful. And I was excited again for something for the first time in my life, right? I wasn't excited about life anymore. It was monotonous. It was close an advertising deal, put on your blazer, look good. It was just monotonous. And us entrepreneurs, we build things so that we can do things that we love to do. But when the thing you love to do all of a sudden becomes like worse than a job you don't even want to be employed at, what the F is the point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. And I'm listening to you say all of this and thinking it applies to so many areas of life, whether it is making money or for a lot of people listening to this right now, I know it's about body image. It's about like losing the weight and having that certain body type and that once I have that, everything will be figured out. But as Julian just said, you lose a lot of things as you become more and more obsessed and focused on being a specific weight and only eating foods on the good list versus the bad list, you have to make sacrifices for any choice that you're making in your life. So it's so important to reflect on whether that's actually bringing you happiness and joy and like the feelings that you're truly looking for. Can I speak to that for a sec? Yeah. So let's use the health thing as an example. Somebody who's like, I want to get that perfect body. You know, I want that magazine cover body. And they're, and they're like, okay, so uh, I'm not doing it by, you know, this current diet or way of, way of eating that I'm on. I better make a lot of changes. So they make all the changes and they give up, you know, that like weekly ice cream with their friend that they really like, you know, always had a great time at, or they, they give up that, you know, pizza night with their buddies or their girl or their partner. They cut out the red wine because, you know, they don't want the extra calories and like they're not as effective in the gym the next morning when they have the wine the night before, whatever, all these little things. And they finally achieve that eight pack. And they realize that they've given up so much of themselves to get that eight pack. And they're not even happy deep down. They feel full when they're in a bikini or in a a bathing suit. Yeah, they feel full, so to speak, like their ego is full. Yes. But, But they're living a much more lonely existence. I'm not here to say which one is right or which one is wrong. Because it really comes down to one's values. But I think the point that you and I are both sort of getting at is that we need to be mindful and aware of the sacrifices that come. And it doesn't mean like, if you got to really want it, you got to sacrifice. No, like, <laughs> hey guys, if you can get it. You can get it. You can get what it is you think you want, but do you really want it? Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Over. Yeah. I mean, okay, I want to ask you about this right now because I feel like as I scroll Instagram, I'm very mindful about who I follow and don't follow. And I follow a lot of inspirational speakers and individuals who are sharing their stories and their tools. And I'm always interested because there's definitely people who are motivating people to lose weight or to get out of bed or to push, push, push and like sacrifice everything and tell that voice in your head to shut up, you know, like all mm-hmm. the things. I think that before ever listening to those people, it is so important to be clear on what you truly value in life. Because if you're listening to those people and following their motivation and it's motivating you in the wrong direction about the wrong things, you're not going to end up in that place that makes you feel really good. You got it. I just love your message and sort of where you're coming from. So, okay, come full circle. So you're back. You're about to go travel, explore, learn. Has your anxiety kind of gone down at this point already or is it still there? No, at this point, I'm owning it. Like, so I I feel it a lot, but I'm really, I'm really learning and I've kind of learned how to channel it to take it from negative and sometimes debilitating to positive and, and facilitating. So I was using my anxiety in business, the way that LeBron James would use it, let's say on the court, or like Adele would use it before she goes to perform on stage. So I would go into boardrooms or I would go in and on stage sometimes with public speak and I would rock the house mm. because I could tap into all that negative nervous energy. And like literally, I imagined there was a dial on me and I would turn the dial and I was like, let's do this. And it was my edge at this point. But I went traveling because I felt like I didn't have the balance I was looking for and that I was going to go and really like get my spirituality on. Mm. 
Mm, okay. So my anxiety is good. I want to find more balance in life. I end up going to Israel. Israel is a place I'd been a couple times on like quick trips, and I found a lot of spirituality there. Just something about the land and being, you know, in this in this region of the world. There's like it's oozing with spirituality. I thought to myself, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to find more balance here. It's kind of funny in hindsight because like I didn't really know what that meant. I just right. thought like I would land, get off the plane, and like, okay, the balance police are here. <laughs> <laughs> We've been expecting you, Julian. Okay, no, it didn't quite work like that. But what ended up happening, ironically, was I had reflected on how profound yoga had been in my life. And I thought to myself after, you know, doing a lot of exploration out there and working way less, to be honest, and making a little bit less money, but being okay with that. And, you know, prioritizing waking up with the sun and meditating and doing yoga or like exercise, like body weight exercise with like the outdoor gym on the beach with no shoes or, or, or flip flops or socks or anything on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watching the sunset and eating clean food that was pesticide free and just having genuine conversations with people from all over the world in this crazy little plot of land that is like loved and hated by so many it was like such a profound moment in my life. And I thought to myself, how do I take a piece of this back to Canada, back home? And I reflected on, well, you know, yoga has been there for me during my most challenging, anxiety-ridden times. And I wonder if I could finally do the thing that I once wanted to do, but I didn't have the money to afford or the time to commit, which was become a yoga instructor. And a lot of people don't know that in 2011, and I started Notable in 2008, 2011, the worst of my anxiety was behind me. And thanks to yoga that I, that I learned a lot more about holistic living. So I'm by no means the yogi preacher, but I will say personally, it just helped set me on a path of holistic living, which then led into eating and, and what I put in my body and sleeping and just full on holistic living. It was your gateway drug to self-awareness. You <laughs> got <sorry>. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well said. It really was a gateway drug for sure. I thought to myself, okay, so I've learned and I've seen a lot here, but I'm not going to be here forever in Tel Aviv. I'm going to go back to Canada. I still own Notable. I knew that I was going to sell it at this point and go on a path of service. And I, I wanted to do it responsibly. I didn't want to just like, you know, do it from afar, even though I was really loving life out there. So I said, what can I do that I always remember this chapter in my life? What can I actually do that will forever change me from like a credential standpoint? It's something that I can never turn back from. And I thought to myself, you know what? Yoga was there for me. I wonder if I could get a yoga certification out here. That would be really profound. I go and I jog over to the yoga training place, yoga studio, I should say, for the teacher training. And inside is this dude from Israel that owns the place and this yoga guru from India, who is the guest instructor in town from India, lifelong yogi born into a family of yogis and Ayurvedic practitioners. And he was leading a training. And the long story short is I took his training. He became my guru. While I was doing that, I somehow met this man who grew up completely removed from like all religion and all spirituality became a huge, huge, huge guy on Wall Street eventually, and then found spirituality and found religion and became a religious rabbi and left Wall Street for Jerusalem. Wow. 
And yeah. the yogi in Tel Aviv from India would teach me about like Hinduism and Buddhism and yoga philosophy. Then I was learning all about like ancient, like spirituality based on like different, you know, Judaism was the core, but different religions. And then I would start to hang out in Jerusalem and learn about Christianity and other religions. And all of a sudden I was like a spiritual sponge. <laughs> I was going to say, you were just soaking it all in because you were so open to it. You got it. Literally, I was soaking it all in and I was aware because I never wanted to go back to the life that I once lived, which was giving me anxiety at first and then making me feel unbalanced after. I never wanted to go back. I wanted to go so deep into this stuff, into the, the essence of life and the essence of creation so that I knew it's like, you know, if you only go in a little bit, Aaron, you can always go back out quite easily. But if you really go in so far that if you then go out, your anxiety comes back and it's like, dude, what are you doing? You know, this is not the life for you. You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, yeah. when you really see it, you, there's no turning back. And that's what happened to me. I so relate to what you just said there about as you deepen, your anxiety becomes almost this beacon that pops up when you're out of alignment and you can really start to use it to know when you're in alignment, when you're not in alignment. There's times when I find that things physically come up, which have been undigested from the past. And I could give an example down the road where it's maybe not about the alignment of the life, but it's more about an old wound that has yet to heal and that you need to continue to work through. But anxiety truly can become your edge by sort of directing you in your life as to when you're in alignment and when you're not. And you're right, it gets so loud. It's like, as you get spiritually deeper and more connected to self as you're living from that place of self love, it's like you've had an egg and you've cooked it, you can't take that egg back. It's never going to <laughs> go back to that liquidy state that it was in before you cooked it, it is forever changed. And so yeah, no, I love hearing this story. A lot of that part that is like jumping out at you and like feels so right and natural and that you connect with is really what the inspiration of Own Your Anxiety stems from, my book. Mm. Yeah, so tell me about that. Tell me about how you came to write this book and like tune so much into anxiety. Sure. So 2008, I started up Notable after living in San Fran and working in Silicon Valley for a couple of years and being in Florida for about a year before that working and then university before that. So I was 24 years old and I uh, just moved back to Toronto, my hometown. And I found this extreme fear of the unknown for the first time ever which was, will this business work? What will I do with my life? Did I make a mistake leaving California to come back to Canada? I have zero money, zero wellness skills, and I'm really afraid of life right now. But I can't really talk about it because I'm supposed to appear as this strong, independent guy and that you, as a advertiser, because the model, the business model was about advertising. You as an advertiser should trust that my new idea is worth your advertising dollars and that you can trust me as the founder and CEO. And at the same time to the outside world who were my prospective you know, members and visitors of the site and brand ambassadors, let's say, of Notable, they had to think the founder was the coolest guy on earth who like just crushes it in Silicon Valley, crushes it in Florida, 
can be the life of the party, but also the business guy, always up for a good time, but also had his like feet on the ground and like ready to do work when work is needed. And I needed to like show up to the world, I thought, as that person. But behind the scenes, I'm so afraid of everything. And I feel like I'm living a lie most of the time. And this creates this feeling of severe anxiety, which at the time I had no staff or clients, you know, because everybody was just saying no to me when I would try to go get them as a client. Like then nobody was like taking it seriously at the beginning. So I would literally like my, my little apartment was also my office and I just like wouldn't go outside for two, three days at a time. The anxiety would lead to bouts of depression and I wouldn't go out. And often I, when I would finally go out, you see, when I was 14, believe it or not, I started to throw parties at nightclubs in downtown Toronto. So I, I, yeah, I, know, <laughs> I would rent out clubs and like, and get the party going and bring the right people. And they were all ages parties at the beginning. And that became like a circle of friends that I had. So after, you know, working 12, 14 hour days on this new little idea, when I was feeling a bit exhausted mentally and even exhausted physically, but longing for some sort of social connection, it was like 10 or 11 PM. And what do you do at that time? I mean, if you either go to bed or you go out and you party. Yeah. And you did the ladder. <laughs> yeah, I did the ladder. And the ladder, you know, I didn't know about this stuff back then, but the ladder made my anxiety so much worse. Yes. Because you're drinking, you're tired, you're stimulated, you're not sleeping as well. I mean, it's just a breeding ground for more anxiety. You got it. You know, you're messing with your serotonin levels, like your cortisol is all over the place. You got, you're introducing chemicals if you're doing drugs, which sometimes I was, you know, chemicals into your body that, that your body doesn't know how to digest. And your body doesn't want it. It's re literally, it's rejecting them. So all my anxiety was just getting worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden, you have this self-doubt and the shame because you're like, well, I'm not even clear. I'm groggy. I can't focus. Why would I do such a thing to myself? And everything just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And in this really, really scary, ugly state that I was in, I began to learn Thanks to stumbling into a yoga class at the beginning, I learned that there is a way to naturally get out of this. It's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of willpower to say no to the instant gratification that feels so good in the moment, but it is possible. And that led me slowly but surely on a path of holistic wellness-oriented living. And as I started to do the work, Aaron, I started to see that I can actually master and own my anxiety. And when I started to own it, that's when life got really exciting. And it is in that era, let's say, of my life, which goes back, you know, this all started 11 years ago. But when I started to really figure things out a little more, it doesn't mean I was perfect by any means. I was still, you know, like screwing up all the time, but I was at least mindful of my screw ups rather than like, reflex and surprised by my actions, I would at least be mindful and knowing, okay, I'm going to do this and tomorrow is going to be a write-off. Don't have any pressure, whatever. It's just, I, I had the mindfulness that would allow me to start to really get better and better with how I treated myself and how I started to live with my anxiety. And eventually, you know, fast forward after becoming a yoga instructor and a health coach and starting to help people all over the world, not screw up the same way that I had for so many years. That's when I decided, you know, I have literally learned so many tools that can help people mentally, physically, and spiritually change how they live with anxiety to make it their edge 
Now it is my obligation to the universe to share this with everybody else. So they don't have to spend 11 years figuring it out for themselves. Oh, thank you. Cheers to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an incredible, incredible story. All right, pushing pause for a hot second to talk to anyone out there who wants better sex. Okay, so everyone's still listening. Good, glad I've got your attention. If you've tuned into more than one episode, you now know that I am obsessed with finding clean, non-toxic beauty and self-care products that actually work. What does this have to do with sex? Well, let me introduce you to my new favorite personal lube, and you can thank me later. Wimore Play is an organic coconut-based lube that tastes like vanilla, and it's actually good for your lady bits. Plus, it comes in this really cute, discreet packaging, so if you you don't wanna talk about your sex life on a podcast, for example, no one has to know what it is. I have to say, Wimore Play is definitely Scott's favorite sponsor of the show, for obvious reasons, but ladies, you don't need a man to use this stuff. Woo yourself. It's the essence of self-love. Woomore Play is giving you 20% off everything at woomoreplay.com when you use the code RAW20. All right, let's get back to Julian. I would love to hear some of the tools that you have in that toolbox of yours to help people who are struggling with anxiety right now. I know your book shares 99 ways for them to start to own it, for it to become their edge. I love that you don't promise that it's going to go away forever, by the way. I really appreciate that about your book. And so I'm wondering, though, can you share a few of your favorite tools, things that people could act on this week right after listening to this that they could start to apply to their own life? Absolutely. First thing I want to say, just to speak to what you mentioned you love, I do not promise your anxiety is going to go away. In fact, that's completely against my whole thesis and idea behind this book. My idea is that anxiety is your best friend. My, my idea is that your anxiety is your greatest gift. Anxiety is your secret edge. It's your superpower. Why would you ever want your greatest gift and your best friend and your superpower and your edge to go away? Okay, but maybe you want it to go away a little bit. Because here's the thing. So I completely agree with you. But as somebody who has struggled with like low levels of anxiety, severe anxiety and panic attacks, panic disorder, all of that stuff, I feel that there are times in my life when day-to-day, the anxiety is not there and it pops up. So do you feel right now that day-to-day you live with anxiety all the time, like a low level of anxiety, or do you just find that it comes up every once in a while for you? It depends on the day. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So some days you don't feel anxiety and other days it shows up for you, but you're able to embrace it and own it. I mean, the days when I don't feel any anxiety, to be totally honest with you and raw, yeah, it doesn't usually happen in my Western life that I don't feel any anxiety. Interesting. But did you feel that when you were away and outside of North America? If you put me out of this like go, go, go Western society, you know, whether it was when I was in Israel, sometimes I felt a lot of peace there. Costa Rica is one of my like getaways where I really can feel like true, true, true calm. It's funny. Put me in a place like that. I can have like four coffees and I won't feel any anxiety. Okay. You give me like one or two in Toronto or in like when I'm doing business in Manhattan, like I might need a seatbelt. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm exactly the same. I barely ever drink coffee. And if I do, I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking? It's all of a sudden <laughs> that feeling is back. So interesting. Do yeah. you allow yourself time to go to those places to really turn your nervous system off? And do you find that yoga and meditation allows you to turn that off throughout the day as well? 100%. I do both. Yeah. So yes, I think it's very important to, to design a life that is in complete alignment with my values. And since my value is not, I'm trying to be the richest guy in the room. Once I thought that was important, but it's definitely not my goal today. I would much rather make less money and live more aligned life based on what it is that I want. And that means, yeah, that means like hanging out in, in a place like Costa Rica or going to visit a place like Israel or like soon I hope to go to Bali and I hope to go to Thailand and India. So it is important to make time to give yourself a complete break for sure. And I'm really passionate about that. This book, in fact, is very much a gateway and a toolkit that is meant to help people figure out what they actually want in life and what they don't want in life. It's not just like a scientific, like physiological book about why anxiety shows up on a physiological level and what you can do. It's broken into three sections, own your body, own your mind, own your soul. Own your body is much more right here, right now on an acute level, you've got anxiety, here's what to do. Yeah. And there's about 33 tips that I share, you know, everything from how to breathe for anxiety, why like uh, movement is key and exercising and hydration, uh, dancing, laughing. Protein, staying warm, all these things. Yeah, food, we talk about food, we talk about wearing comfortable clothing, take warm showers or baths, like a lot of that very much. We talk about essential oils, very much physical stuff. But okay. the next two sections, own your mind and own your soul, are you know, not physiological at all. The reason that it's designed this way is that I want people to understand that anxiety is usually showing up for one of two reasons. Either number one, it's showing up because something you're putting in your body, your body is, does not want, or you're not putting something in your body that your body does want. Hold on. When you say that, though, I feel like a lot of people will go directly to food. Like I'm putting food in my body that it doesn't want or it does want it. But I have a feeling you're not just talking about food. It's not just food. No, definitely not. So glad you asked. First of all, there are certain foods that people can learn about in the book that will create anxiety and will also lower anxiety. And oh, I want to just quickly come back to the thing you said before, which was that where am I going with this idea of owning anxiety? Is it to never have anxiety or is it to have some anxiety, but, but that it's manageable? My goal is to help people take anxiety from debilitative to a facilitative place. I want people to learn the skills that a musician like Adele or a famous athlete has, who has anxiety, but can go out and do what they do in this world at an expert professional level. That's my goal. It's not to get people to reduce anxiety so that they don't have any, I want to take it from like, this is really uncomfortable to, oh my God, this is my fifth cup of coffee without any jitters. Right. Right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, coming back to like owing to the own your body section in the book, you said there's a lot more than just food and there is. What about sleep? If you put someone on a sleep schedule who is sleeping four hours a day and feels anxiety and you, you teach them how to sleep for seven or eight hours a day by being mindful of their life and being mindful of what they're doing before bed. And they start to get, let's say seven or eight hours versus four hours. 
And their anxiety, statistically and from a data perspective, will significantly change. You will literally change their life and their anxiety by having by getting them to sleep more. The same goes with someone who's like living on like soda or processed juice instead of clean water. Mm-hmm. Give them that clean water and, you know, things are going to change. Their anxiety is going to change. I mean, there's so many ways that we nourish our body, that we put things hypothetically into our body and have it leave our body. And I think one of the key things that I focus on in our group program is the energy that we surround ourselves with, the work you're doing, the people that you're surrounded by, the activities that you're choosing to do in your life and how those feed you or deplete you. And Mm -hmm. so when I heard you talking about like you're consuming things or putting things in your body that's rejecting, I wasn't just thinking about food. I was thinking about all those things that surround us in our lives that essentially we absorb And it either makes us feel really good or it makes us feel depleted and kind of crappy. So as you start to acknowledge that, I find that, you know, you can't only surround yourself with the best people and the best foods and live in a bubble. So I think that's where what you're talking about comes into play. How do we manage that stuff a little bit? But then how do we also start to own it when we feel the anxiety? So can you talk to that idea specifically? Because most people have anxiety or like, get this out of me. I hate that I have this. This is not something I want in my life. How do you start to shift that mindset? Mm-hmm. So if a person who feels the way you just said is not going to you know, be a hermit and stay in for the rest of their lives, which you know, they're not going to, odds are, yes. then they have to first, in my opinion, look at this from a very logical perspective. Okay. So I'm going to go outside. I'm going to live a life where I'm a part of society. I'm going to be a true member of this society in some way, shape, or form, whether it's, you know, going to work or, you know, extracurricular activities, whatever it might be. So how do I want to show up given the realities that society has? You know, yeah, there's going to be people who are pushing in line. There's going to be honking horns. There's going to be construction all over the place. There's going to be angry people. There's going to be cigarette smoke that I don't want to smell. There's going to be crazy people on the street that are yelling things for no reason. You know, there's going to be people asking me for money. Like there's so many things that are going to happen. Am I going, how am I going to show up in this world given these things that might be provokers of anxiety in some way? What am I going to do? Am I going to stop and maybe give that homeless person a dollar? Or will I say, I'm sorry, I don't have any money, but have a wonderful day. Or will I completely ignore them? And if I ignore them, will I feel worse about myself after? That construction that's happening, am I going to say, why is it always so loud? Or wow, it's kind of beautiful that there's so much development and, and this place is thriving. And mm-hmm. that person in line, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe if I can give them some good energy, I can actually help, right? These things are going to happen. How we let them impact us is up to us. Yes, so true and so powerful. Maybe everyone can just take a second to think because, listen, we all have <laughs> those moments when you're like, why is this traffic not moving? <laughs> think about the last time that maybe your anxiety or anger or frustration was triggered. Pull that up for a second. You can push pause if you need to. And then see if you can reframe it in the same way that Julian just did. How could you reframe it? 
in a different way that is a bit more positive. And now we're really getting into a lot of the essence of my book on your anxiety. So you just said, how can you reframe some of those, those examples I gave? And I want to take that to an even, even another step further, which is, okay, so reframing, that's beautiful. It starts with the mind. I have a whole section in the book actually called own your self-talk, you know, how to practice replacement thinking, which is reframing. It's the same idea. Now, how do we layer on some of the physical with the mental in this case, right? So the mental being, I'm going to reframe. I'm going to go into my mind using mindfulness, and now I'm going to start reframing things. What about how I'm breathing while I do this practice? You know, and what about if I had music on in my headphones during this process? Is it some like crazy gangster rap or like hardcore EDM or heavy metal? Or is it something a little more mindful and peaceful and conscious? Like I love conscious music. I'm obsessed with conscious musicians. You know, so what am I listening to? And what did I just read, you know, 30 minutes ago, if anything? Did I read a book that, you know, puts me in a good place or a negative state? And what about even what am I putting on my body? Right? Am I rubbing some sort of like lovely essential oil on that's going to actually bring calm? Or is it just like some nasty like fragrance that is synthetic? So people may not know, and I'm not making fun of anyone because I used to be like that. I was one of those people. You're literally rushing around drinking like tons of coffee or even Red Bull at the time back in like 08 and 09, listening to literally like hardcore, like gangster rap or electronic music you know, putting some like junky cologne on, eating a lot of processed food, and then being in those same external places where they were loud and they were noisy. And everything combined created this like anxiety party that I just didn't want to be at, but I was the host of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I hoped to get out to the world through on your anxiety is that people can start to become so aware of this is where my anxiety is stemming from. These are the sources. And the sources sometimes, again, are as easy as, you know, okay, stop drinking three nights a week. Or like, don't do cocaine. It's way too stimulating. <laughs> Please stop doing cocaine. <laughs> you think it's just a night of, but no, it's going to be making a wire for three days after. You know, everyone's talking about cannabis, 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 but like, hey, not everybody wants cannabis. Yes, my body doesn't. Yeah, that's the physical. But then the, the higher level metaphysical, does your job and you not align? Is your relationship toxic and your partner is verbally abusing you passive aggressively all the time? Are you like hanging out with the wrong people? Are you craving going to exercise more, but you're just not doing it because you're not at peace with yourself and you can't stand being alone for an hour and a half. And so you need to be with people all the time. Whatever the case might be, I want people through reading on your anxiety to enter a journey which takes them back inside themselves and teaches them how to go deep within the mind and the soul, but also gives them the tools from a bodily perspective to start to get the body in the right physical state so they can start to transcend and go into the mind and then into the soul. Oh, preach it. I am loving it. What a journey you have been on. And I just am so grateful to have you showing up in service and sharing this important message with people. I think anxiety is at an all-time high right now. I think there are a lot of men who are struggling with it as well. So I think it's so important that you're speaking out as, I mean, I don't want to say on behalf of, but so that there 
are men out there who understand they don't have to be the tough guy all the time and Mm -hmm. that there is a different way. They're not alone. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for sharing so many amazing tips and tools today with us. Where can people find you if they want more information? And we'll definitely link to your book in the show notes, but where else can they find you and connect with you? So yeah, Own Your Anxiety is available everywhere, online and in stores, which is really exciting. They can find me on my website, which is julianbrass.com. And Instagram is a tool that I really have dedicated. I know like you have, Aaron, to inspiring people and taking them on the journey. So my Insta is at julianbrass. Amazing. We'll make sure we link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you and catching up, Julian. I can't wait to see where you go to next. I'm so grateful to reconnect with you. I truly am. And I hope that uh, next time is in person. I promise I will not pick you up in a car okay, <laughs> and ask you to drive. I promise. Thank you. Thank God. Okay. I'm thinking maybe bicycles or just like yes. on our feet. We'll go for a walk. A in chill walk with teas, not coffees. And uh, <laughs> yeah, get our nature fix. That sounds lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everyone. That is it for this episode. Julian and I would love to hear which points resonated with you. Pop into my DMs and share it with me there or take a screenshot and share it on social tagging at raw beauty talks as all i want to remind you that every body is different so as you listen to julian and all of his incredible tips really check in with yourself to see what resonates with you if you found this episode helpful which i'm sure you did think about somebody else in your life who might benefit from hearing it and send it over to them you can click the link and share it via text email pop it on your social media we would appreciate the love so much For anyone who is looking for a little more woo in their life, head straight over to wooMorePlay.com. Don't forget to use the discount code RAW20 to get 20% off everything in shop. Have fun. (laughs) I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.